Welcome to Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, my guest on the podcast is Vanessa Armstrong, a certified health coach based in Australia. After 16 years of a successful corporate career, Vanessa decided to walk away and to start a business. And her company today, Keta Buddies, helps clients all over the world to reprogram their beliefs around their bodies and relationship with food. So let's dive in and listen to Vanessa's story now. Okay. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Great to see you and have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Yeah, I guess the first question I want to ask is, um, what made you decide to leave your corporate career? Well, yes, that's a big... A big, that's, <laughs> big you, yeah. you've, had, you've had a very successful career for 16 years. Yes. So I worked in a a large, a global company for 16 years and worked my way up and I ran a team, very successful team on their stage, one of the best in the world. Um, And I guess a few things happened. So who you thought you were working for kind of changes over time. The company that it was 16 years before isn't the same. You know, it starts to be very monetized. And, um, you know, I was very good at what I did, but I got paid very well for it on performance and I no longer kind of fit their pay scale and grade. They wanted people who didn't have as much experience and they wouldn't have to pay as much. So I started a journey of thinking what we needed to do, what, what my next step was, because it wasn't sitting kind of well in my heart um, I'm looking for a change. And I originally with my husband, we thought we would get out of a city and, um, you know, have a little bit of a different life with our daughter. Um, if we stayed in the city, we'd do the same thing, you know, leaving for work at six 30 in the morning and coming home at seven and just on this cycle, you know? Um, <clears throat> so we decided to impromptu buy land down the beach out of the city and build a house. And we went through that process and then we moved, but I was still commuting. So commuting an hour and 20 minutes each day, both directions. That's what I do um, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, you know, while we were looking for an opportunity out here in our community and we wanted to be part of a community and um, you know, we're looking at different businesses of what that would look like and things. And um, then we finally settled on one and it was a franchise and we thought it was, you know, we wanted to be part of a solution in a community and stuff, not just another cafe. So it was for a swim school franchise. Um, And we were super excited about that, but it turns out, Um, the man ran away with a lot of people's money. So then we ended up, yeah, I quit my job in, in preparation to run our own business. Um, And, and that didn't happen. So I had to pivot again and think, okay, well, what have I been liking in my life and doing in my life? Um, And so I went back to school to study, to be a health coach and help other women in regards to, 
um, managing their health and their weight. So that's kind of like what's happened and why I ended up leaving my job was was looking for something different, right? To have more control and to do something for ourselves. Um, but yeah, I guess there always comes a time if you're ready to to look at it. <laughs> yeah, because your yeah. mom was also not not very well, and you started making some healthy meals for her. Yeah, and yeah, eating so my healthy mom, meals as a result of cooking yeah, for so her as well. My mom was very unwell during this kind of process and transition journey. And I live in Australia, my mom lives in Canada, and I was called to go home, basically. Um, she was on oxygen and in a wheelchair and type 2 diabetic and in and out of hospital and was not well and had packed away her clothes because she thought she'd be dead by spring. So I went home um, on the advice of family members and was trying to find help for her and basically... Um, you know, cleaned out her pantry and cooked for her. I was there a month and then I restocked for her. She had about another three months worth of food in the freezer. And we were eliminating sugar and carbohydrates and putting her on a ketogenic diet, basically, um, following advice of uh, Dr. Jason Fung, who's a nephrologist who works with type 2 diabetics. Um, and yeah, so that's how it came about. That's how my interest came about. I was obese as well. So I would thought, well, I can't be, you know, I can't tell someone to do this and not do it myself. So I went along as support for her. And then I was still in my corporate job at the time and people were noticing and then people asked me to coach them. So the seed was planted um, in regards to I was having success within a month and a half of me leaving. My mom was out of her wheelchair, off her oxygen no longer on insulin injections, losing weight dramatically. Her doctors were astounded. Like, yeah, it's been a complete life changer for her, life saving for her. Yeah. So then other people asked me to start helping them. So that's kind of how that came about. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how Keta Buddies were, was born, right? As a yes. concept and a business. Yeah. 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 So how did you find a transition from the corporate world? into the running your own business yeah it's um it's because you're definitely successful yeah and you said yeah. you didn't have any stress because because actually stress made you be more successful in your corporate career yes yeah, but oh, then yeah. when you started running a business it was somewhat different so i think in the corporate job you're responsible for lots of people and I was responsible for their income because it was a very, a, a retainer plus commission driven business. Um, you know, and you take on, a, for me, I took on a lot of responsibility because they had mortgages and families, you know, so you feel for them to make sure the business is successful and everyone can, can provide. And then, um, but you, you're also used to being able to delegate, delegate to other people, right? Like in a team you have meetings and then you ask people to do things and we follow up, et cetera. When you go out on your own, it's you. <laughs> I only have myself to delegate to really. Um, and that's a big change because you can kind of go from being a specialist and now you're a generalist. Like you have to have your hands in so many pies and trying to figure out social media, which never been a part of my life, you know, but in this day and age, it's how, we get a profile, it's how we get clients, you know, and we have to put us out there, which is, 
you know, uncomfortable. I, I have found it uncomfortable to put yourself out there. Um, especially when you come from being overweight, you're quite happy or I was quite happy to, you know, stay out of a limelight. So now you have to be your brand, be your business and be visible. So that's definitely one of my biggest challenges to get over that. And, um, you know, that's the thing. And then also like just staying motivated in the day, you know, when you're first starting out, there's a lot of work to be done before there's a reward to be seen. Yeah. And, and that, that's a, a whole different way of working than from a corporate job normally, right? Like in a corporate place, there's people to talk to, to bounce ideas off of. And when you're on your own, you're on your own. Like you have to come up with different ways to achieve a similar, you know, motivation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And you also mentioned that um, I actually no 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 one mentioned on um, on this program so on this show so far the imposter syndrome. Um, yes. Could you just elaborate on this? Yeah, I think that um, you know I, I'm a health coach, but I'm not an Instagram size. Like you know, I've come through my own journey. Do you um, have to be? I don't. Well, no, actually, you don't have to be. But I think we. I think. We, Often, I mean, I'm getting better at it as well. Like I'm getting better at not thinking I'm an imposter because I now I have like so many women that are succeeding. Like it's incredible, yeah. right? Um, but you feel that when you put yourself out there on social media, you know, you feel like someone's looking at you and going, well, why do you have the right to tell me how to lose weight? You're, you're, not, you're not skinny. Like you don't look like a model. You don't look like a personal trainer, like I look like a normal person now, you know, like some people would say that I'm still overweight, but I'm certainly nowhere. I'm not obese anymore. I'm not in that category. Like, you know, I wear, I can go into any store and buy my clothes where that wasn't an opportunity for me before, you know, I'm healthy. I can keep up with my daughter. Like it's a whole new world, right? Like, so yeah. slowly it takes time to get over the imposter syndrome. And I think when you move in from any kind of job onto your own as in an entrepreneur, there's probably a lot of people that feel that way because you may be, you may be taking all these skills you have from what you've done before, but now you're putting yourself out there as the expert, right? Like, so getting over your, I, I call it that I have to, I have to get over my ego and it's not the egotistical type discussion of ego, but it's putting distance between what I think I need to be and what I'm actually delivering, right? Like, and, um, you know, someone once told me that I, you just need to be 10, 10 steps ahead of, of your client, yes. right? Like, yeah, we to just have to, yeah. to help people. We, we need to be ahead of them. But, um, you know, most of them really respect that I'm, I'm me, and I've gone through what I've gone through, basically. So I'm more probably relatable than some skinny personal trainer who's never been overweight, who doesn't believe that you've eaten their meal plan and still haven't lost weight. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's, yeah, it's definitely a real thing, the imposter syndrome. I think there's probably a lot of people who go through it. Yeah, I, I would agree with you <laughs> because it's, and, and and sometimes you just don't know how much you know. And and some people say, oh, my gosh, you, you've got so much experience. And you, you have a personal story to relate to. And that's yeah. a motivational in its own right. And, and it takes you, time as an entrepreneur 
to learn how to tell your story. I mean, I'm still learning, you know, it takes time to, if somebody asks you what you do and you only have 30 seconds or one minute to tell them versus you have 20 minutes to tell them, like, this is all a new art, right? Like in a corporate world, you can hand someone your business card and tell them what your title is. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when, when you're, when you are a whole business, it's different. It's another set of skills to learn. Yeah, because you're you're very very brave. Because weight loss is is a multi billion dollar industry, and it's so so competitive. How do you stand out? And but you've carved your own sort of niche, right? Uh, you're Absolutely. providing health benefits to women who probably because the. the they they won't be able to relate to someone who's got six packs. I mean, I've been yeah. exercising all my life, on and off, on and off, <laughs> and I was I I lost weight um, through through the process, and then I gained weight, and then I lost weight, and then I gained weight. But I can never relate to girls who have six packs because I've never had six packs. Yeah, I've never had <laughs> a six pack to someone <laughs> who's got the same body yeah. shape as me <laughs> and yeah. does look not good in, in clothes, but doesn't have the six packs. Yeah. I so. think for my business is the same as for any other woman entrepreneur is that, you know, you need to find out what your point of difference is. And for me, I really stand behind that it, it's time to lose weight differently. So if you've tried everything and you've followed that diet industry advice, which is obviously, like you said, it's a billion dollar industry. It's a repeat industry. So in my opinion, and I was on that roller coaster and I would spend my money on it, but they're actually not solving the problem. So I really try to separate myself to say, I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. And that's where coaching comes in, right? Like, so I believe the food is 20%. And then what goes on up here and what's gone on in our hearts. And we all have something that's probably some triggers us and things like that. So that's where the coaching comes in. I don't, I don't want to sell anyone a diet. You can actually go. I mean, everybody knows how to diet, right? Like we can all find it out. That's, that's not what I'm selling. Like I'm, I am here to serve the person that needs a full solution and full support and full accountability. And the same way as any other entrepreneur, I think that if you can get away from selling yourself on a price tag, right, you're actually selling on, on what you're solving, the problem you're solving, then, then you're probably going to find your niche easier than your competition, perhaps. Yeah. That's what I've found. Yeah. What challenges do you have right now in your uh, in your business? What change with with challenges. isolation? Yeah, no, challenges. No, just just challenges. Uh, just challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely. I think you have like highs and lows as yeah. as an entrepreneur, and then also depending on what cycle you are in your business. If you're new, and I would consider myself still fairly new. Um, you know, the challenges are you have like great weeks, right? Where, where you're winning clients and then you're onboarding the clients and then you're continue trying to learn new skills, whether that's Facebook advertising and then it's not working. And then you place local community ads and then they're not working. And then you start doubting what you're doing and you're banging your head against the wall Um, so then you probably take your foot off the gas a little, right. And, and you're not, 
not being as motivated in your day and working on the business as you should be. Um, so sometimes in a corporate job, there's other people to help keep you motivated and yeah. accountability. But when it's just you, there's, there's not really that outside accountability. So it's hard when things slow down or aren't going well to keep yourself accountable. So coming up with solutions or strategies to keep myself accountable when yeah. times when times do slow down because if 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 we're getting wins then it's easier right like yeah. you're motivated yeah i'm going to get up to this morning and i'm going to do it and i'm going to serve these clients and i'm going to answer these you know advertisements etc and you're you're on a high and one high leads to another normally but one i mean with anything the lows come and you have to keep doing the work and believing in what you were doing and keep doing it and keep showing up. So I think that's one of the challenges definitely is you got to keep showing up and, and learning to pivot. Like keep, I do think you have to keep trying things and, and not yeah. uh, walk away from some strategies too quickly. That's one thing that I think that comes up. If you walk away too quickly, you don't actually know if it worked. So that that's something to keep, I keep in mind. And also like, in a corporate job, you're kind of not spending other people, you're spending other people's money where this is, you're spending your own money. And, yes. and that's, you know, that's harder to go, Oh, do I want to place that ad? And it, it's not working. Do I keep at like, you know, so trying to come up with strategies around, around knowing about money. And I think for women, that's an interesting one as well, because in general, um, I mean, I have a Bachelor of Commerce, like I do know about money. I've worked with money and run spreadsheets and, you know, run events for people and multi-million dollar campaigns and things. But I think we're more cautious probably with our money than a man sometimes is in their business. Yeah. And because they're, they're used to risking more on the money side, with sometimes with higher risk comes higher reward. Yeah. So as a female to get our to get our mind around that that it's okay it's okay to risk it's okay to not win to learn from it because each time we fail well that's really not nice to we learn from it yeah so you know going through the learning process yeah do you have um, a mentor or some kind of a support network yeah, so uh, absolutely. Um, so initially when I started, I had a, a very, very good business coach, very strong, very expensive business coach. Um, and she was worth the money, 100%. Um, and then I thought I came away from 12 weeks of working with her and I still had a lot of work to do on the work that we covered. So I didn't maintain that um, relationship and membership. Uh, because I thought I need to keep working and learning on my own and take away from it. And that, that wasn't the wrong decision, but mm -hmm. I probably lost some, I lost some momentum doing it that way. Um, but I have just recently hired a local coach. That lady was international and a much like a pretty big name. Um, you know, I've hired someone locally now as well to help hold me accountable. So I do believe you know, like obviously I'm a health coach and I believe in coaching. <laughs> like I believe in having mentorships and even in business, we take courses, we are always upskilling ourselves. Yeah. You know, we, 
we have mentors and the same should be as entrepreneurs, you know, like I belong to a local business networking women's group now as well. And the BNI, which is an international all around the world uh, business networking, um, which is based in regional and they take on, you pay a membership and um, you represent your type of business in in your community. So I think those are really good opportunities for entrepreneurs to have a connection, a community connection to show up like at the same time every week to have conversations with people to figure out what's working well for them and have discussions that could work for you and what your challenges are and share. I think we have to go a little bit outside the box um, of how we get our own business network and support community, but it, it will, it pays off, I think. And it's worth the investment. Yeah. If it, even if it costs you, I do believe that it's worth the in- investment. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the mistakes maybe you could have uh, avoided when you started Get the Buddies? Yeah. I'm thinking that you have to be perfect. So, you know, I also, I mean, I, I went with a website. I didn't have a lot of money to spend on a website, but I thought I needed a website. Yeah. I would, I would suggest I don't need a website. I run mostly from a Facebook business page, Instagram, and my, I have a Facebook community. And yeah, I've actually removed from my business cards and my advertising, my website, because it's not, it doesn't represent me at the moment. So I think thinking that you have to have it all and that you have to put all the money like into a website or have that perfect, I don't think you need it. Um, in my experience, I think that you can, you can start, you can get out there and then probably go back to it. You know, when you are making more money, then make the website as you wish instead of investing per, yeah. you know, and all this money initially. So I definitely think that's a mistake that I made. I think that in hindsight, I would have kept my coach you know, longer, I think that would have helped. Um, And I think we also tell ourselves some stories along the way. Like, you know, we, we, yeah, we just take, we take something and we tell ourselves a story of why something's not working or, you know, and we don't, don't have someone really to pull us up on it. So, you know, trying to get out of your own headspace is, is something I think is a good, a good skill to start to have when you work by yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Are you a happy person? Yeah, I think I'm not like super bubbly or (laughs) I like, I'm, um, I'm not a peacock in regards to personality types or anything. I I like to do my work and I'm pretty even temper. Like, Yeah. yeah. What would you change in your life? right now <laughs> if anything yeah no i'm pretty happy actually yeah yeah i think i'm definitely doing what i'm meant to be doing um would i like things to be faster and more successful sure but it's probably happening happens at the speed it's happening for the reason so and i'm learning lots so i think it's okay yeah 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 <clears throat> No, that 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 that's fascinating. I, I think I think it's a, it's a, it's a great story, especially you know in the current climate. I see a lot of um, potential for for companies like Get the Buddies. How do you see um, you know the, the, 
the future for for Ketabodies? How are you planning on growing the company if that's your goal? Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, I think that I, I think ultimately I will take on some other coaches. So mm-hmm. because I really like and enjoy the hands-on, the coaching part. So one-on-one via video, we do most of our coaching by video um, weekly with women. And then I do a group session once a week as well that they get. So, I mean, there's only so many hours in the week for one person to deliver that. Um, So I think ultimately I would take on one or two other coaches, hopefully to facilitate that. And then um, we will introduce, I have a couple programs at the moment and I, and they focus on women um, in time, perhaps if one of those coaches I bring on is a man and he has a journey and a story okay. um, and experience, I, I would like to see something that we design for men that, you know, I do think how a man loses weight versus a woman is very different. So that's why I've done what I've done initially. Um, you know, so yeah, difference in products, difference in, in taking on some staff and upscaling, but I still, I mean, I've started to have a purpose to be able to have more time with my family. I was always traveling before. I would miss my daughter's birthdays repeatedly, you know, because of work commitments. Um, So I will now always have a focus on my own health as well, having time to go and do the things that I never had time to do. So I like to go and have tennis lessons and golf lessons you know, build that into my week and still put myself because I think you're a happier person and you show up better for other people when you're looking after yourself. Yeah. And you also mentioned um, that um, to run Keta Buddies and, and, and suggest, you know, the healthy options for for, for, for people in terms of nutrition and, and the food, you also kind of have to know how to put together recipes. And it, this is something you are, you are struggling to do, to do because you're not a very good baker. Oh, I don't like to bake, but I, I like to cook. Um, yeah. But I, I cook, I'm, I'm a very good cook, but I don't like to follow recipes. Like if somebody so asks you- me, yeah, how do you put yeah. together a recipe? If, if so in, my pro- in, in my programs, most of my recipes are done. I have a dietitian that I work with and we are oh, okay. balanced that way. Um, and then I share my recipes that work for me, like that are my go-tos in my family. I'm very big on batch cooking and not being in the kitchen every night, every week, every day, every night of the week. And so I share those practical tips and things like that. But yeah, um, I like, I'm not a baker because baker is very precise, right? Like you have to do everything a recipe says. I just like to cook. (laughs) (laughs) But it can still be done. You can, you can know, I teach how to build a plate that is a healthy plate. So people don't have to count calories. They don't have to use an app and we become intuitive. We get back to knowing when we're hungry and knowing when we're full, which is something that a lot of women don't experience anymore. Once your hormones become out of balance, um, you know, some people can always be hungry, you know, or some people actually are never hungry because they always eat by the clock. So you have two different groups there to work with. So, and then you have women who eat very well. And then, you know, 
um, perimenopause come, comes on and their body starts changing, but they're not doing anything different. So it's important to be able to learn how to do things differently at different times in your life. Yeah. Um, I guess another question I want to ask is um, today, um, given COVID-19 situation and a lot of people are losing their jobs and considering to become entrepreneurs, uh, is today a good time to start a new venture, a new business? Absolutely. So I would say um, 85% of the women that I'm currently coaching have been stood down in their job, okay, in the last three weeks. Now, some of them are waiting for government money to come in to play, um, and that will they'll see whether or not their jobs take them back in September or November or December, whatever that looks like. But we went through, you know, this crash of emotion and mourning period, basically, because, you you know, most people, maybe they've never been fired or made redundant, and that's a big hit to ego. So we've gone through this whole process in our coaching of what's in our control and what's not in our control, and we've coached through this, and we've coached to try and find the opportunity, because this is one of the only opportunities in our life that we have to slow down. Like most people's jobs are slowing down, not everybody's. But if you are in that position and you have to slow down, then it gives you time to think. And I think out of this, there's all of of the ladies that I'm coaching. So many of them had, you know, something in their back of their mind. They've all been working. So I work with most, most of my women are 40 plus 50, you know, approaching 50. And I do have a client that's 70, (laughs) Um, you know, so they, they've been working, doing what they've been doing for a fair amount of time. And they always probably had a little bit of another dream. And so now they're taking the time to say, well, if I'm stuck at home and I have lost control of so many things in my life, what can I control? So one of the things they control is their eating and still being successful in isolation. And the other thing is learning what might be around the corner for them. What's another opportunity, whether that's a side gig that they start and and build it up as they go return to work and returning to work might look part-time for a lot of people as their work bring them back so they can find a balance and get new skills. And lots of the universities are offering, you know, free courses. And I think that it's a great time to put your fingers in some pots and see what you might like. And yeah, we've been going through some exercises about if you could have anything and failure, you know, didn't matter and money didn't matter. What would your ideal job what do you want to look like what do you want to be feeling like what do you want to be doing what are all the traits associated with it but don't put a title on it and don't put like oh I want to do this and then look at it all and what circle okay like this kind of job would I'd get all achieve all these things that I'm looking for and this one would achieve all of that and then maybe go and discover it so I think it's a great time if you're open to open your mind that this isn't opportunity and not the worst thing like it's a horrible horrible thing that's happening but if we can try and get something good from it that i think is is a little bit of hope in it in yeah. it all. yeah so and w- what could you advise to um 
entrepreneurs who are going through the deep at the moment and uh, their strategies they've been implementing so far are no longer working. What can you tell them uh, and what advice would you give them? So I think that if you already had an established business and then things aren't working, look at what what isn't working and, and the why, right? Is it because you were a business that saw people and now they can't come see you? So most services can pivot a little bit in regards to that, like using Zoom, you know, still having consultations with people that way, you know, if you can't for some reason do that, then have still keeping in contact with your clients. So making sure you're still going to have the relationships when things go back to normal, still putting value back to your clients, even if you can't put a monetary amount on it and sell them something like they're going through something. What is something that you can deliver that's value add to them during this time? So you're still top of mind when they are ready and back up that they're going to remember that you offered them a service, you know, that was supportive in some way during this, you know, I think giving value and service during this time is important. Um, And looking at, you know, your marketing was, we often, because when we're busy, we don't have time to do the marketing and the website and the social media. So maybe you take that opportunity now to spend your time working on the business that way, instead of directly with clients. Um, Look at, where can you save on your expenses? So if you were outsourcing before, and lots of people do, they outsource their social media or they outsource, you know, all different aspects um, of their business. Well, you probably cut it back in, right? Like rein things back in that way. Um, if you had a rental space, can you give it up and transfer to home and, and get relief that way? So the more you can cut back on your expenses, the less pressure you have on yourself as well during this time. So you can have an opportunity to come back out of it. um, Not, not as financially restricted. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's um, good advice from you. And the last word for, especially for female entrepreneurs, because this is our audience. Anything you can tell to female entrepreneurs specifically? Well, I think believe, believe in yourself. Yeah. The world, the world needs more female entrepreneurs. I, I firmly believe the world needs more female entrepreneurs and support other people, other female entrepreneurs. So I think that's really important as well, because if we all, you know, supported each other, bought from each other, congratulated each other and raised each other up. I mean, what, a powerful place that would be for everybody operating, but also a powerful marketplace. So I think that that's important to continue to pay it forward. If someone's helped you pay it forward, if you have a skill, pay it forward, you know, like, cause it'll come back to you. Yeah. No, thank you so much Vanessa for being on thank the show you. and sharing your advice and um, telling your story to everyone. Okay. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. It's a pleasure. Very and pleasure. good luck with, with Get the Buddies. Thank you. Appreciate it. The world needs you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, 
please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. Uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. So that's all for me. Uh, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away. Till next time.